Hello, and welcome to Princess in the Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Sawyers, and I'm ready to talk Disney movies past and present. Once upon a time, Hannah and Nathan sat down to talk about Iron Man. Welcome back on. I feel like it's been a minute since we it's, finished up Cars. Yeah, it's been a little while, but that's all right. Yeah. So you found our fun fact for today, so I'll let you mm-hmm. share that. Um, well, there was a lot, obviously, because it was such a big you know, movie that was been out for so long now, but... The majority of the dialogue um, from the whole movie was ad-libbed, and that was due to the fact that they spent more time on the story and the uh, you know action sequences than the actual dialogue themselves. And obviously, that includes the line at the end where Robert Downey Jr. says, "I am Iron Man." So, and and they said that they even shot you know mo- a lot of the scenes with two cameras so that they could get the real time reaction of the people while they were talking which apparently Gwyneth Paltrow had a difficult time doing because she never knew what RDJ was going to say. So <laughs> it's pretty funny. But yeah, it's, that's a, I mean, it seems like a lot, but I guess it was probably pretty fun as well. So I've always assumed the line, I am Iron Man is from the comics. So that's kind of surprising to me. I thought it was like an Avengers symbol kind of like. Yeah, and I guess Kevin Feige just left it in. You know, at the he, whenever they were doing their final edit, he was like, "No, I like it. I will leave it in there because they don't really, you know, do the whole secret identity thing a whole lot." So, so why don't you tell us? I know, like, your big thing is trying to do series. So, mm-hmm. why did you pick the MCU and why did you pick Iron Man to start us off? Well, I mean, you know, it's obviously one of the biggest things in movies as far as you know series go. I didn't pick it for that reason, but I, I mean, I like superheroes. Um, and originally I was just a DC guy, but, you know, after watching this movie, um, originally when it first came out, they really started the, the fanfare of, you know, you know, liking Marvel as well. Obviously DC is still my favorite and that's never going to change, but this, this, uh, definitely was, it was a great journey because also, you know, I, you know, lived it out as it was going on, but this movie kind of kicked it off and really, you know, lit the fire for the rest of this, the, you know, extended universe. So. Yeah, so why don't you give us a storyline, kind of like a beginning, middle, end for what this first Iron Man movie entails? Well, it starts off actually at present time, and Tony Stark is just given this presentation of this new weapon that they created, and they get into a ambush from, I guess you'd call them terrorists, I don't know, that they blow up a convoy that he's in, and he winds up getting injured and then captured, and you then go back 36 hours before that he's getting an award for something and he's not there, but then he joins up with Rhodey, um, his best friend. And they talk about this presentation he has to do for this new weapon. And, you know, there's all this other rich guy stuff that happens and he winds up, gets back to where he's does this presentation of this new weapon. And then obviously we get caught back up where we left off and um, he's in a cave um, builds the very first, um, Mark one Iron Man suit in a cave with his new react arc reactor that he built in the cave with this doctor um, who saved his life basically by, you know, picking out shrapnel and creating the electromagnetic or the electromagnet that kept him alive. He breaks out of there. Um, they, he gets away from the bad guys at the time and um, finds himself walking through the desert and Rhodey finds him. They pick him up, bring him back and throughout this whole thing, this this doctor guy is helping him and kind of gives him a heart for, you know, 
the the bad things that he's been doing unbeknownst to him, um, which obviously they're making these weapons and they're being sold under the table to these bad guys. And um, he kind of learns that and, and learns some compassion from the doctor as well. And the doctor obviously ends up dying and, you know, kind of Tony Stark learns this lesson through all that, that uh, the things that he has been doing and the things that his company has been doing have not been good. So he has a change of heart and then obviously creates the first Iron Man suit and um, decides he's going to destroy all of the weapons that they originally made. But then the new leader of the uh, company, Obadiah Stane, he, uh, you know, obviously comes to light that he was the one that actually tried to kill Tony Stark. He paid people to, to do that. And he's wanting to obviously take over the company and run it his way um, now. And then he decides to create an Iron Man suit just like his. And um, the battle at the end between the two Iron Man suits takes place after Obadiah steals the tiny arc reactor out of Tony Stark's chest. And then he has to, Tony has to go get the original one that he made to fight with Obadiah um, and then winds up defeating him. And uh, at the end of the movie, he finally reveals to the rest of the world that he is Iron Man. You know, it's just kind of a good redemption story as far as, you know, Tony Stark is concerned, where he's still kind of, you know, can be a little douchey, I guess you could say, uh, even though he's had this change of heart. But the change of heart really sets off, you know, how his character is going to grow throughout the cinematic universe and also how he kind of becomes one of the leaders of the Avengers Initiative, which obviously they talk about in the end credit scene of that movie. Yeah, I think this movie is so interesting because as someone who knows nothing about like Marvel, I was like, oh, this is a, you know, another superhero movie, not realizing, you know, the bigger implications that it Mm -hmm. was going to have for them moving forward. Storyline, as I was watching it today, I asked Ryan, and I'm curious what your thoughts are. How do you think it would have been if instead of having the flashback sequence, we just started the movie with the award ceremony? What do you think that could have done for the storyline? I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I think it, you know, would have set a different tone probably. You know, it would have come off as you would have thought he was a jerk the whole time. Right. Um, where as the beginning, you know, he's kind of having fun with the soldiers in the Humvee and, you know, he seems like a genuinely nice person. He's just obviously filthy rich and, you know, knows it. And he has a little bit of arrogance, but it doesn't make him a bad um, a guy. But, you know, if, if it would have just started off with that awards um, banquet that he was supposed to be at and obviously was skipping to roll dice in the casino, you know, I think you, you, you would have had a different outlook that may have caused you to have a different outlook on Tony Stark the entire time. Yeah. I just, when I watched it, I was like, this movie could be very sequential. Like the, the flashback really doesn't do a lot for the storytelling, but it does do a lot for your perception of Tony Stark. And so I think that's definitely really interesting and a a cool way to go forward with that. Talking about characters, we have Tony Stark slash Iron Man, Pepper, Happy, Rhodey, Obadiah Stane, and I see you added Agent Coulson, which mm-hmm. I meant to add, and I got distracted because of who yeah. I am as a person. So who are your favorites and why? Um, obviously Iron Man. I mean, he's the main yeah. character, and obviously he's the most like 
my favorite superhero, um, which is obviously Batman and Bruce Wayne. They have the alter ego that's, you know, super rich and, and famous and, you know, has the ability to make and do things that obviously help their superhero. And, you know, they're, they're not gifted with, um, supernatural abilities. They just have the money and the, the know-how to be able to be a superhero. Um, so he's most like my favorite superhero, but he also, I just always liked him. Um, and then obviously, uh, Stan Lee's cameo, uh, in the movie is pretty funny as well. Cause he plays Hugh Hefner yeah. <laughs> at a banquet. So I like Pepper. I feel like she's got to have been abused for so long that it's really interesting to see that relationship between her and Tony and what that kind of looks like and how, like, I feel like she switches between friend and employee at times. And you can see that when she refers to him as Tony versus when she refers to him as Mr. Stark. And so I think that's a really interesting, like, twist to how it is able to come through in the movie. Yeah. Let's talk about quotes. This, to me, is not a super quotable movie other than the I am Iron Man moment, you know? So what's your favorite quote from this movie? Uh, really, uh, that whole speech that he gives at the the Jericho missile demonstration is pretty funny to me because at the very beginning he says, is it better to be feared or respected? I say, is it too much to ask for both? Um, and then he talks about the missile for a second. And then he goes on to say something along the lines of, you know, it's better to shoot multiple missiles or just one missile that does all the job. And he goes, you know, I tend to lean towards that because that's what my father believed in. And that's what the United States of America believes in. And, you know, it was just a, a funny part all around. And then the other quote that I thought was pretty funny also is when Obadiah gets mad at his scientists that are trying to build the tiny arc reactor. And he says, you know, he's yelling at them. Tony Stark was able to build this in a cave with a box of scraps and with all this technology, they can't figure it out. And then the guy says, well, I'm not Tony Stark. (laughs) So that was, that was pretty good one as well. I definitely think that second one is the most memorable quote. When I think of the movie, like, I think of that quote in addition to the I am Iron Man because, like, how did he create this crazy thing in the middle of nowhere, like he said, in a cave? When you think about it, too, back to that, you know, other one of the other thing we talked about earlier about it being an ad-libbed movie. Yeah. You know, you you think about how many of those were – you know, ad-libbed things, you know, when he starts yelling at him, was that ad-libbed, you know, or, yeah, or was Tony that Stark in the script? Is, yeah. It was it ad-libbed or not. So it's, yeah. it's makes it more interesting when you know that beforehand. So, so in the Iron Man storyline, the next movie is Iron Man two, correct? Mm-hmm. I always, the timeline is a funny thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, how would you have continued the story? Would you have continued it differently than moving straight into Iron Man 2 as far as the story of Iron Man? Um, no, I mean, the overall story, um, you know, of the universe is being built in the background the whole time. Um, and the movies with just him in it at the beginning kind of helped drive that along. Obviously, I mean, they had the Incredible Hulk movie in there. Um, in the middle, which it came out later in the year, I think just a couple months after this movie came out, but it wasn't near the 
the movie that the, obviously Iron Man was because it's revered, obviously, as it being the first, but also as being one of the more popular and more favorite of the entire series. Um, so I, I don't think so. I think you, when you take that movie and you come back and you say, you know, Hey, this, we're going to bring this guy back again and have another movie all about him. It's like, okay, I'm going to go see that. Yeah. And then you can drive that, that whole universe in the background even farther ahead with that, you know, little five seconds that you get at the end of the credits and both of them. So. So what's your favorite moment? Honestly, all the little things that you kind of notice after watching, you know, Endgame and Infinity War and and all those movies where I guess really Endgame where they talk more about the little things about Tony after he obviously, spoiler alert, dies. But, (laughs) you know, he loves burgers. The I am Iron Man quote, you know, that's the last thing he says in this movie. It's the last thing he says overall in the whole series. And, you know, his daughter has a love for burgers and, you know, Happy, she wants to get a burger after the funeral and Happy's like, I'll get you as many burgers as you want. Yeah. And tells her that his dad loved burgers. So it, that that was kind of cool to be able to go back and watch this movie and remember all the things that were said. And also the the change that starts in Tony in this movie and also continues um, throughout the whole cinematic universe is, is pretty cool to watch. So There are two moments for me. The moment when he looks over at the missile I don't know what the right word is mm-hmm. right before it explodes and he sees his name on it and yeah. he realizes there's something going on that he doesn't mm-hmm. really understand because he's not being looped in on everything like he should be. That moment's really cool because I think that's a big shift for Tony's character. And then also when he is given his alibi by Agent Coulson and he's like, do we not think like these people are smarter than this? And Agent Coulson's like, no, like (laughs) I've done this before. It's fine. And like the first thing is the reporter from Vanity Fair is like, do you really expect us to believe this? And he's like, hmm, well, no, (laughs) like (laughs) I actually uh, argued against this, but like here we are. Um, And so I, I love that press conference as well. Any final thoughts you have about this movie before we wrap up Iron Man 1? I'd like to talk about Tony's wardrobe for a second. (laughs) Specifically, the t-shirts that he would wear and the tank tops that he would wear. So sometimes he has these t-shirts and there's a hole perfectly Uh cut out of it to where the arc reactor is like sticking out. But then there's other points where his t-shirt or tank top doesn't have a hole cut in it and the shirt is covering it, but you can still see the light underneath. It's like, I don't, I don't understand. Like I figured you'd either always have a shirt that just covered it up or you would make your shirts and get them bought to like have the hole in the middle. So it sticks out. But it was just, it was funny to me that that changed. And obviously the big moment when you realize it is whenever Obadiah takes it out of him, you know, at the end of the movie, um, he has to, rip the shirt and you see it kind of burning the shirt whenever he's taking it out um so that's just funny to me that you know it wasn't the same over the whole thing um and obviously uh another final thought i guess was that maybe this i should have said this in moments but uh the first fight scene there's a lot of the typical superhero themes um he has the superhero landing where he comes out on one knee um and then he shoots the tank and it blows up as he's turned away and walking mm-hmm. away from it. You know, cool guys don't look at explosions thing. <laughs> um, shout out to Lonely Island for that one. 
<laughs> not a sponsor. Um, <laughs> and then obviously going against the authorities, AKA the United States military to, you know, save the day. Cause they were obviously sitting there watching it and he goes in and just takes care of it for them. Yeah. And then the great escape at the end where he's literally running away from two of the most advanced fighter jets in, you know, the world. Um, <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, that's, that's about all I had. So yeah, this is our, correct me if I'm wrong. This is the last movie with the actor who plays Rhodey, correct? Yes, he was only he was only in the first one. So I don't know if we want to talk about this now, or we can talk about it during the second movie. But I did not like this actor playing Rhodey, and I don't know if it's because John, Don Cheadle does such a fantastic job with Rhodey in the other movies. Mm-hmm. But I have never enjoyed this this characterization that this actor does with Rhodey. Yeah. And, and I kind of feel like there was a little bit of a change as far as the character goes and, and his personality once Don Cheadle took over. Um, but I mean, Terrence Howard wasn't bad, but I definitely do like Don Cheadle better as yeah. Brody. And, and also, I mean, it's a different movie, but I feel like at the beginning of the MCU, they kind of, you know, would make changes to characters or to, mm-hmm. to actors if they needed to, because Edward Norton technically was the Hulk and Bruce Banner in the Incredible Hulk movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but then obviously, you know, he was changed out for, I can't think of his name right now, but somebody else to play Bruce Banner and, and Hulk. So are we both looking it up right now? Yes. <laughs> we'll see who's <laughs> faster. Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Mark Ruffalo. So, yeah. Which, um, you know, that movie flopped. So. Yes, it I'm- did. I'm curious if the casting there, because I know the casting decision with Terrence Howard was due to like contract negotiations not working out. Mm-hmm. He wanted more money than the um, Marvel wanted to give him, which yeah. makes sense considering yeah. he was such a minor character. Like he was a main character, but he wasn't like he was an Iron yeah. Man. <laughs> well, and he definitely becomes more of a main character in the second movie. You know, right. he, he well, we'll talk about that at a different time. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the thing about Marvel. It's hard to stay isolated. We've yeah. talked about like five different movies today. That's They've definitely been referenced already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for being on. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you joined us for this week's Princess in the Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Princess in the Podcast and on Twitter at Princess in Pod. Visit our website, princessinthepodcast.com. I hope you live happily ever after.